guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 21. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm Esty. And we're all into the next round of the FA Cup. Cracking, cracking result and performance. It was against Brighton at the weekend. Um, and that's where we're going to start uh, this week's podcast. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. You know, I, I wasn't there for it. I, wa- I watched it on the telly. Um, it was a great game of football. Two teams like really trying to win the match, going at it from sort of the first minute. Like, it was a really, really enjoyable game. Um, Chris, I'll come to you first. Like, what, were your, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, exactly that. And I think the thing is, when you play, when we play a team like Brighton, I always feel quite comfortable because I think if they go at us, we always know we're able to break it down. If then, if you know, you haven't got someone who's trying to shore things up. And yeah, it was a, it was a great game. And it, I took my 11 year old nephew to his first night game because he's not been before. But because it was a Saturday night, he was allowed. Um, and he really, you know, he really enjoyed it. And it, yeah, it was a great game. I dropped my phone when the first goal went in because it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, cracked, I cracked the screen, but thankfully it was a screen protector. So I haven't busted my phone. Um, and yeah, you know, there were like drunk people in front of us, but like they were nicely drunk. It was two couples and there was just this girl. that uh, The only thing that was annoying was she kept going backwards and forwards because she obviously wasn't that interested. I think they were, I think they were Irish. And so they're obviously here for the weekend. And uh, the other three, actually, the two of the, the two men and the other woman were really interested. But this other one just got re- was clearly just really hammered and like just kept either going back to get more drinks or to puke or whatever. Yeah. And the annoying thing was, was they just kept getting up and down. But uh, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved the um, the ambi- like the ambition we showed somehow. I loved the fact that Harry Kane and Sonny looked like they were back to kind of try to finding each other again. Of course, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, you know, that um, that one that Kane sort of pretended was a cross after he missed the target and just bounced off Sonny's head. You know, in days gone by, it might have it might have bounced off Sonny's head, but it would have bounced off Sonny's head into the into the um, into the goal. But I tell you what, that third goal. That 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 I was just like got really excited saying to Theo, he's like, watch him when Sun picks up the ball and then suddenly he just goes, I'm just gonna tap it a little bit further and I'm just gonna run past you. And just that little bit of acceleration, it just like left them there. Um and then, you know, and you can't underestimate the fact that Harry Kane was there to pick up the pieces. That really matters, and we haven't necessarily seen that much that of that this season. Although I did see that yes, those two goals were his twenty five 25th goal this season um for club and country um yeah, he's definitely back to his best i think like the last half a dozen games he was he's been brilliant and i mean that that first goal was oh. just ridiculous like and i think it just shows like the caliber of player that he is that is sort of like no one's really talking about it yeah came oh. bent one in from 20 yards yeah, put it top corner, no problem. That's what Theo said, Theo, because that's my nephew, he was like, you know, it's pace and power, but also technique. You know, a brilliant goal. I, just, yeah. I love goals like that, where it's like they're almost using the defender as like a shield to bend the ball around into the top corner. And it was just absolutely clinical. I, I thought Kane was sensational the whole game. Like that was just him at his absolute best, you know, high up the pitch and being that number nine, but then also being that playmaker for us, spraying those passes, just... Everything about his game um, I thought was sensational. And the other thing was, is I always ask Theo before the game what he thinks 
what he thinks the score will be and one of who he thinks one of the scorers will be. And he's just like, I think it's going to be 2-1. And he said, and I think someone ridiculous will score. And I was like, I mean, what do you, what do you mean? And he was like, I don't know, like Hoybier or Royale or something. And lo and behold, although we did notice that it went down as an own goal, because, um, yeah, he definitely didn't mean that. But I loved seeing it go in. Yeah, and the thing I love most about that goal is that it's an ov- obviously he's trying to cross it. There's nobody in the box. Yeah. Like, who are you crossing it to? Um, that was what I found the funniest. But you know what? You, you need a bit of luck sometimes in football. And, you know, Brighton got a huge deflection on their goal as well. So it was sort of like the two sort of um, really um, counted each other out. Although isn't Eve Basuma everything we wanted End on Ballet to be? I'm, I'm not sure about Basuma, I'll be honest. I always um, liked him, actually, not just before yesterday. I'm not... I've never been sold. I've seen him have moments in games, but I'm not. I'm not quite sure if he. I, I feel like he's one of those players that, cracking player at Brighton, has he got enough about his game to go and step up a level? And it's just sort of like if he has. I know obviously there's all the off the field stuff going on, which is probably why no one's going anywhere near him at the minute. But why has nobody gone in for him? Yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm not completely sold on him yet. He had a good second half, but. You know, there's a lot of hype about him. Um, I wanted to talk a fair bit about Romero, though, because he was just, he's been out for, was it about four months? And he's just come back into that team, back in, he played in the middle of a back three, which was a slight tactical change, because that's typically Dyer's position, who obviously wasn't there at the weekend, and Romero's always played on the right, but he was in the centre. What a Rolls Royce of a performance. Like, it just, he did not look like a guy that's been long-term injured, come to the Premier League and is playing in English football for the first time. He looked like a cultured 30-year-old centre-half that's got 250 Premier League appearances. It was just, it was a joy watching him. Hey, yeah, so you look like you might have something to say about this. No, I've, just looking at I make notes during the game because I know we're going to talk about stuff. My fair, my first one was Romero's in the right place at the right time all the time. He yeah. just, and he's got this beautiful balance of being aggressive at the right times and delicate and cultured at another time. I I I think he's going to be absolutely brilliant for us. And just he just that centre central position means he can sort of just survey what's going on, win headers when he needs to, I and step out when he needs to. He, there was a few times where he was really high, and I was a bit like, Ugh! but then you also saw Hoiberg just drop back straight away. It was a wonderful system. I he's he's classy. He's a classy classy player. I I can't wait to see him, see more of him. He didn't have much to do in terms of the ball in front of him, like in, in, in a player's feet, because they didn't come down the middle. Everything aerial. He also came to the left and to the right really, really well. I just, it was a very rounded performance from everybody, really. Just everyone did their job really well, apart from Winks. I thought Winks, I didn't, I didn't see him do much. He may have just moved stuff around like he like he's, he's meant to, but I was a little bit disappointed in him. But everyone else, Hoiberg was really good. I thought Royale had a great game, even with this goal. I thought he was powerful. I thought he, he broke forward. I thought he did really well in the wide position. Same with Reggie. Son just didn't stop running either. Like he, he just he, he, his performance is one I wish I was in the ground to watch. He made so many runs backwards and forwards that you didn't really pick up on because they were off the ball. He looked or they exhausted, were, didn't he, when he came off? Oh, God, what player he is! What player he is! I I still don't know who's better, him or Kane. Because you go, no one can be better than Kane. No one can be better than having the best number nine and number ten in the league. And then you go, well, Sun can walk into any any team. You go down 
He's left-footed, right foot, incredibly accurate with those. He's sharp. He's got great pace, great close ball control, good passer. Uh, it, we're so lucky to have uh, to have those two playing for us, I think. Because if we wanted to buy, well, we couldn't buy either of them, either of them if they were somewhere else. You know, Liverpool would buy him. Yeah. So, yeah, Romero, amazing. But everyone has a great... Hugo made some outstanding saves as well. Like, it just, I think this is difficult. the best... This is, Hugo's playing his best football for me. That, it, that he's done in his whole Tottenham career. Like this season, I think he's been sensational. Uh, he's always been, for me, I've, uh, he's always struck me as a keeper that's got an error in him. It just feels like he hasn't anymore. Like he's just completely eradicated all of that. And it's just every game, he's he pulls off some unbelievable saves. Um, and I just think, you know, it's so good to see him get that new contract a few weeks ago. Like this is the best version of, of Hugo that I think we've had. Mistakes have gone though. The mistakes of of I I do because when he was a sweeper keeper, like he's been with us nearly ten years now. That's yeah, crazy yeah. as well. Well, you know he should get his um what's his face game, which would be great. Imagine the the two teams that of all the should players not, that he should. Danny Rose get a testimonial. He definitely should. He, he should needs be. a goodbye as well. He yeah, really does. He hundred percent should be getting a testimonial. I think it's mad that that's not being spoken about. Anyway, just back to Romero. Um, he strikes me as a centre back that is either going to be nine out of 10 or he's going to get sent off and there's not going to be anything in the middle. And it's like, I'm all for that. Like that's going to be proper entertainment. Um, he, I'll be intrigued to see when Dyer comes back because Dyer is way ahead of Sanchez, even though Sanchez has been doing all right recently, Dyer's way ahead of him. Be interesting to see how that back three sort of sits. Obviously you're always going to have Davis on that left. Is Romero going to play in the center and Sanchez Plays on the right, will Dyer come back in and push Romero to the side? It'd be interesting to see how they actually look to set it up. Well, with Lacelso, Delhi, and Dombelli and Gilgon, that's four midfielders. And if he likes to play five across the middle, like we haven't got a huge amount of midfielders left, you know. We've got Skip, Hoiberg, well, I guess Bentico now, um Winks. Winks. That's yeah. four. Um, you know, in, in a couple of weeks we've it, you know, at some point we've got what is it? Uh We've got like four games in 11 days, I think, yeah. where we've all, you know, the Man City, Burnley, Leeds and Middlesbrough away in 12, 11 or 12 days. Like we some, need... Someone on Twitter say that we need to set up a World Cup style training camp in the north for those. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was yeah. brilliant. Um, uh, the two new signings got on as well, didn't they? Um, Kulusevski and Bentoncourt. I thought they both excellent cameos from them when they come on. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Kalu. I'm going to call him Kalu. Um, yeah. He created like two or three chances in those those ten or fifteen minutes. The Bergwijn uh, miss was just, you know, that would have been an assist, wouldn't it, on his debut? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think um, the other, you know, Benton could look like a look like a central midfielder. Um, I just think it's difficult to. It was just difficult to tell what they're going to be like. Like people were like, you know, and I, I really pay it. On the one hand, I look on social media just to kind of see if I can sort of take the temperature, because obviously, because we're going to talk about it here and stuff. And then other times, I just think, what is the point? Are people like losing their minds about yeah. Benton Core? It's like, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. And then saying that, you know, that Kulisevsky is some kind of a disaster, as well, I read. Bad, isn't it? I know. It's like, <laughs> after 10 minutes, really? It's incredible. Okay. But that is the more right? right? fan, yeah. isn't it? It's just. Are you okay? You have yeah, I feel like when it, when you go on Twitter, you have to go on it now and like be in a mood where you're going to laugh at stuff. Because I think otherwise it's just like you just drive yourself insane. The, people are saying that Kulisevsky was slow. It's like I've seen him absolutely 
sprinting past people. I, I don't know what planet a lot of football fans yeah. are on, but I was just really happy to see both of them get minutes. Obviously, it's a debut that we've won. We're through to the next round. Um, we've got Middlesbrough um, in, the, in the next round of the Cup. We had them under Jose, didn't we? And we struggled. We got a late equaliser up there and then narrowly beat him in the replay. And it's going to be a tough game. I mean, all the Cup shocks that there's been over the weekend. I mean, Boreham Wood yesterday knocking Bournemouth out was just Amazing. that is unbelievable like national league team kidderminster were a minute away from knocking west ham out it's such a shame that they weren't able boris. to boris boris battering leicester and they what beat, an atmosphere and, and they battered arsenal the round before yeah. so it's like you know there's some real cup shocks going on um borough obviously have just knocked out man united at old trafford so it's like that's going to be a tough game chris wilder's the manager there you know you we all saw what he did with his sheffield united team it's like that's not going to be an easy game going to Middlesbrough and um, trying to win. As, was it um, Kevin Keegan? We've got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. It's like it's not going to be the easiest game in the world. But as long as they know. don't like handball it again, I mean that was like so blatant. And then like a post rationalisation of how it, it didn't matter that he batted it, literally batted it down yeah. to his foot because he didn't score. It's like since when is that the handball rule? Now, like, I just think whenever I watch, watch Man United go out, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you know. Whenever but, I watch football now, I to be honest, I don't know what the rules are anymore. And it's like whenever there's a goal, I'm just assuming that something's going to be have happened that causes it to get ruled out. It's just the handball thing is the most bizarre rule that there is in football now. I just I do not grasp it. How that Middlesbrough goal stood is beyond me. But anyway, um. It's a good thing that it did because we've got them away instead of having to go to Old Trafford. So, you know, um, but that's going to be interesting to see how we how we get on there. Um, what do you both make of the draw? Confident, Middlesbrough, championship side. We should be going there and winning, right? You'd hope so. I mean, I think what I was hoping for, though, was like an away, an away match somewhere a bit closer to home that we don't really go to very often. And Middlesbrough doesn't, obviously doesn't fulfil any of those criteria because <laughs> it's far away and you kind of know Middlesbrough. So like Forest would, I mean, like even though Forest had done really well, I would have liked to have gone to Forest, for example. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think it's all right. I think we should, you know, we should, we should be able to compete in that game, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the way we're playing now is we people don't outwork us anymore they shouldn't outwork us anymore and we've just got too much quality and you have a look at our defense in that game just then there was no getting through apart from one deflected effort they had a couple of chances where they they might have scored if they had better players but i don't see i think we'll i think we'll beat middlesbrough quite comfortably you can see asd starting to dream already and yeah the fa cup i mentioned it to you earlier i i think i've still got my um my cardboard foil covered FA Cup that I made many, 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 many years ago that I haven't brought out since. Um, maybe I got rid of it, but I, I love the FA Cup. I'd love to win it, obviously, but I'd love to win it. Yeah. Um, there's two games this week. The games are sort of coming thick and fast at the moment. We've got Southampton um, at home on Wednesday and then Wolves at home on Sunday. Two very winnable games. Um, you know, Southampton... Southampton are a strange team though because it's like I'm always confident when we play them but every now and then they just they put a little run of games together um 
we drew there, didn't we, away just before Christmas or just after Christmas in that festive period. Um, and Wolves, we played right at the start of the season under Nuno, beat them 1-0. I think it was a Delhi penalty and it was just a game where we shouldn't really have won. So um, two games that look, I'm, I'm confident we need to get six points to sort of keep the momentum going. But how do you both sort of see the, the next couple of games going? Well, I'd hope that we're just going to continue to push on. You know, we've made these two new signings. We've got rid of the Deadwood, which I know I missed last week, so I'm sure you went through all of that. Um, we've got rid of the Deadwood. And, you know, you want to see Eric Dyer back. We've just said that, that um, Sonny and, and, and Harry are, are back to form. So, actually, and I want to see the squad being used a little bit for a Wednesday and a Sunday game. I don't necessarily expect to see the same team um, both games, and that's fine from my from my perspective so yeah I mean I want to see us win both games but and I want to see us use the squad um but I'm excited at the prospect of it I love that it's two home games I think it's brilliant I I can't wait to go twice in a week um and just as a little aside the Southampton game is our dedicated football versus homophobia game I don't know if you saw today um the the club did their sort of did an article about it they um foot February is the football versus homophobia month of action. It's been around. It's the longest kind of, you know, sort of um, home sort of anti-homophobia campaign in football. Um, it's got much more grassroots since Rainbow Laces has come along because Rainbow Lace, because it is a, gra- you know, it's a it's a group of volunteers mostly that do F- that run FVH. You know, brilliant, brilliant people. Like they're really good campaigners. Um, and so they've they've they've, they've focused a bit more on grassroots since Rainbow Laces came away, came along and just kind of blew them out of the water in the pro game. But because we know and like them very much, you know, Lou Englefield, who runs, who's the director of Pride Sports director, who runs FVH, she's one of the first people we went and spoke to when we started the Proud Lily Whites because they really know their stuff. You know, they grew out of the Justin campaign after Justin Fashionu died. So we always try and sort of do something and the club are really good about that and they'll do that and they'll have like, you know, digital hoardings and they've done this, this, um, what's the word? They, they, they did this, this piece today in the, in the article. I'm doing a live Twitch stream before the game. I don't even know what that means. I guess I'm going to talk to somebody about something. Um, hopefully with someone else from the Proud Lily Whites because Lee can't make it. So I'm kind of excited about uh, Wednesday for that, um, that reason. And my friend Tom's coming as well, who is the, um, he's the vice chair of the FSA, but, uh, and a Fulham fan. But an all-round good guy, and he's never been to our stadium. So he was supposed to come with me to the Europa League game that never happened because we got the COVID and then got kicked out of the competition. So I thought that's the to, to Wednesday night's the right night because Theo can't come because it is a school night, so he can't have another night game. Great. Hey, Steve, what are your thoughts on this <laughs> week coming up? Uh, two wins, I, yeah. two comfortable wins. I, uh, Wolves, I think Wolves will be trickier than Southampton, but two wins, we're just too good. I'm just interested to see what team, because that was a strong team against Brighton, what the team's going to look like. I, I'd hope to see someone like Benteke starting, or just because he looked great when he came on. I thought his feet were really good, and he just, he was aggressive. He got a yellow, didn't he, I think? He <laughs> did. He just, yeah. <laughs> Lots more of them to come. Uh, yeah, two wins. I, thought, I think it'd be quite a neat, simple one. I I'd, We'll concede one goal between the two games, I think. I think it, I think we might not rotate the squad quite as much as everybody thinks, if I'm honest. We've got 
obviously we're playing Wednesday night and then Sunday afternoon and then we've got six days off until we go to City the following week so I don't see any reason why the bulk of the players can't play two games in was it Wednesday, Thursday, in four days, you know, and then and then after six oh, days. Oh, I think they will as well. But I do think that if I don't, I don't know, I don't maybe I don't know enough about how um, Antonio kind of operates his teams, but I imagine he might want to try some things out. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great to have see a, two new lads get some more minutes as well and sort of build them up. We did have an appearance from God's War Horse, didn't we? Rodon came on. Uh, Kept a clean sheet. So I was just watching it and I, I was looking and thinking, is that Rodan or is it Maldini? And I just <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, look, I, I'm confident for this week as well. I, I actually think we're gonna win both games. I think Wolves is gonna be tough. They've got one of the best defences in the league. Um they're very tight at the back, they don't concede too many goals. So that that for me is a game where we're gonna have to just be careful because They've got this this habit wolves of just staying in games for long periods and then nicking something. So we just got to make sure that we're super on it. But, you know, these are the games that we have to be winning. You know, two home games against Southampton and Wolves. It's like, come on, we should be picking up six points, especially if the aim is, you know, fourth. I'm not saying we're going to get it or we should get it. But if that's the aim, you've got to beat Southampton and Wolves at home. Like if you if that's what you want to do. So, look, I'm confident. I think the way Kane's playing at the moment, I think those type of sides, I think, are going to struggle to sort of really stop us scoring and creating, which hopefully will be enough over the next few days. So that's what we've got coming up. I don't know if you saw Charlie Eccleshare was saying yesterday, um, sorry, in a piece in The Athletic. Hang on, where is it? The race to make the top four, comparing the contenders. Yeah, and and his view is that um, Chelsea aside, Tottenham are very much the front runners in his opinion. Now I know he's also one of the um, Spurs correspondents for the Athletics, so it's almost his job to do that. And actually, just I've been scrolling through his Twitter feed. I've got to read this later, but he's written a piece on called "Harry Kane: The Predator Is Back." So by every conceivable metric, Kane is improving under Conte and playing areas where he can hurt the um, Tottenham's opponents. The spectacular first and scruffy second encapsulated how he's blending his new material with some of his simpler, older work. And I think that's quite a good summary, actually. Yeah, I think as well that the big difference really is is, is high up the pitch. And I know that sounds stupid, he's a striker, but it did almost feel like under Nuno and into some aspect under Jose as well he almost had this this free role and he could sort of do what he wanted but Conte has clearly said look you must striker first thing you've got to do is you've got to score goals and then it's like if you can contribute to our passages of play brilliant um, but he's definitely I'd love to see some stats and heat maps and all of that of what his average position is but he's definitely sort of leading the line a lot more now and yeah. you can see how effective he is it's just so hard isn't it because it it almost goes against him because he's such a brilliant striker and he can do anything. He can play any role. If if he wasn't that good and, and he was just a number nine, do you know what I mean? It would almost make life for him a little bit easier. But because he can be that playmaker, he can press, he can have his back to goal. It's like he can literally do it all. Sometimes it must be quite hard for him to sort of almost check himself and be like, no, I've got to stay half the pitch because that's what the manager and the team need me to do in this game. But I agree with you, Chris. It was great to see him and Son back and it's like Sun just brings a completely different dimension to our team when he's there even in games where you know he's not as involved the runs he makes and you can just see how much he stretches the opposition because they're so scared to push up because he's so quick yeah. um and the 
the assist effectively for, for the third goal. It had shades of the Burnley goal that he scored, didn't it? Where he was just like, see ya, and just run. You could just, it goes past people. And I always love it. Like, you hear pundits say, why, why did someone not take him out? Like, he's too fast. Like, he's so quick, you can't even kick him. Like, it's just phenomenal player. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, it was a, a Spurs versus Brighton double at the weekend. Um, in the Women's Super League as well. Um, we had a cracking result, winning 4-0 at home. I mean, not a bad weekend to be a Spurs fan, was it? Two victories. That was brilliant. It was really good fun yesterday as well. I went to that as well yesterday. And one of the things that we've been saying all season long in the women's team is that we need more goals. And we've been worried, you know, and actually we've been really, we've done really well at the back. And, um, you know, there was a little bit of consternation at Rianne Skinner's post-match interview at the the game before last, the game, because she said we can't afford to make mistakes at the back, which is true. But actually, we shouldn't always be holding on to a one-nil lead, is what we were we, we were all saying, right? So, but Kaya Simon, who you know we signed on a two-year deal, basically hasn't had a decent run in the team because she's either been away with Australia or injured. But actually, she came back um, in the week when we got knocked out of the um, the cup in the week. Um, and she obviously just got straight off the plane and played. So she wasn't quite there. But yesterday, great. Two goals. Fantastic. Um, but we won nil up. And Ash Neville, I think, got a little knock in the week. So wasn't starting. But she came on. And honestly, she was playing further up the pitch. So she was playing right midfield rather than right back. Changed the game. Absolute game changer. She was driving at the defence. She was like getting like doing sliding tackles in their half of the pitch, but winning the ball. Right. And I guess because she's a defender at heart and, um, you know, lovely through ball from the back. And she kind of one on one with the keeper, slotted it away like she was a season centre forward. And that was the second goal. And that just kind of just shifted it a little bit. There was a lot more momentum. So, yeah, it was really good fun. It's great to see four goals. Um, and, you know, and just to keep kind of pushing on because we got beaten by by Brighton when we were at their place earlier in the season. So it was good to kind of get back at them. Yeah. And I mean, just looking at the, the, the league standards at the minute, fourth position, 24 points. You know, Arsenal are top, as you'd expect them to be. We're only six points behind them. Like, it's a real remarkable season. But you mentioned that point on goals scored, Chris. 17 goals scored in 13 games. And obviously, four of them come yesterday. So it's yeah. like... There's definitely that aspect. But then on the flip side, you know, it's only Arsenal and Chelsea that have conceded less. So it's like that defence is um, been pretty solid this season. But, you know, looking at that Women's Super League, like Arsenal top on 30, Chelsea second on 28, Man United third on 25, Tottenham fourth on 24. It's tight, isn't it? Like, you know, four teams up there. You don't expect us to necessarily be in the race to to win win the league. But... Is pretty tight at that point of the season. You normally got a couple of runaway sides, even down to sort of Man City, who are in sixth. You know, they're they're on twenty points. They're not a million miles away. Yeah, I mean, what we've taken advantage of, Reading, to some extent, Manchester United and Everton having a bad start because they would be more of our sort of competition, or so we would would have thought. Um, but you know, like we've got more points this season already than we ever have in the in the WSL. Um, I think it's real testament to Rianne Skinner and she know, you know, like this is her first full season and she's doing a, a, you know, a really, really good job. I think the the thing there is, is that you just want to make sure that we like we keep driving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, but I wouldn't have expected to finish much, much higher. But, you know, we could nick a Champions League spot. That'd be nice. That'd be um, incredible. Wouldn't that's it? the top three in the yeah. WSL. 
but you know but and we're competing which is what's brilliant you know um but um I was gonna, I've lost my train of thought but yeah I'm excited it's really good fun there weren't that many people there yesterday which I was surprised about because they were gave two free junior tickets to everybody that bought tickets to the men's game the night before oh did they yeah and so I would have expected to see um to see more people but I guess you know like two sometimes two matches in a weekend is a bit much but I'll tell you what just quickly back to the the men's game I love those FA Cup games as well because you just because of the price points you just see very different people there were loads more families there were loads more people of color there were loads more black people basically as well which you know might were probably from Tottenham I'm just making assumptions here but you know and might get priced out of going other times because it's expensive you take your whole family you can't you know 70 quid a ticket cost you 300 quid yeah you know as opposed to costing you 50 quid which then becomes like an incredible treat but you know and it was wonderful like as I say loads more kids even though it was eight o'clock at night loads more families and yeah I I love it I really like sort of seeing more people having an opportunity to go to football yeah, it's brilliant to see. Can I uh, just say the London Football Awards um, have been, the nominations have been put out and we've got a fair few nominations. So for... Oh, have we? Great. Yeah, goalkeeper of the year, we've got Hugo's in there, which is great. And then we've got out of, there's three nominees for Women's Young Player of the Year. We've got two of them. Oh, with yeah. Esther Morgan and Jessica Naz. The oh. only other one is Mel Phillips from West Ham. I'd like We've, to see Jess Naz win that. I think she's. Br- I like. Honestly, watch Jess Naz. I mean, you've seen her play. It's like what a talent. Yeah, great. And we've got men's young player of the year, Oliver Skip, as well. It's a good. It's a good. Like you got Fabio Carvalho from Fulham, who Liverpool want. Conor Gallagher from Crystal Palace. Tyrick Mitchell from Crystal Palace. Saka from Arsenal, who Liverpool also want. And then Skippy. So it's a. It's a good. Good bunch of players in there. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Gallagher, surely, don't you think? season he's had at Palace like scored a lot of goals isn't he? but interesting there's probably a case to be made for all of those players isn't there to to win that yeah. that's great to see us in the mix and and like I don't know I always associate Spurs with creating young players and having you know that academy and, and bringing them into the first team so it's great to see that and um, that continuing I'll just say as well I, I know we're sort of on any other business which is probably my favourite bit um Kidderminster played West Ham the, is that right yeah, yeah. Kidderminster um the the facilities are so bad in the away dressing room that Declan Rice went and showered with the home team uh, uh, after full time, and and the manager came out and said, "It's an experience the lads will never forget." I kind of love that, you know. Yeah. I mean, but what do you talk about? That's the magic of the FA Cup, though, isn't it? And there was a brilliant picture as well. I don't, I don't know what, the, I don't know the name of the Kidderminster manager, but there was a picture of him and David Moyes in his office having a beer, and it was like to even call it an office was a little bit generous. It was just like two, like almost two school chairs that they were sat on. Um, but it's it's brilliant, and you know, like for a side like Kidderminster, for Boreham Wood to be getting through as well, like the finances that those clubs will be generating just from being on the telly, you know, and it's like. Premier League and Championship clubs like hopefully do the right thing and because all the gate receipts then we get split 50-50 doesn't it in the cup and it's like normally the Premier League team just say to the to you know the National League team you keep all the money and it's like that that kind of performance from them really does sort of keep them afloat for a number of years and it also goes to show 
there are talented players in the lower leagues of English football. We, we see it in the Boreham game, in the Kidderminster game. Nottingham Forest have got some brilliant young players, you know, um, that most Premier League sides will, will, I'm sure, be looking at. And it, it does go to show, doesn't it, like, if you get your scouting right, there are talented players there. You don't necessarily need to go and spend 40, 50 million on, on players from other leagues when it's like, look in the lower leagues, because like, there are players there. Um, it's just great to see all these people getting a chance. You know, I just I watched the Boreham Wood celebrations against Bournemouth about 10 times. Just yeah. like, you know, those fans in the away end, like the games that they're used to going to. And, you know, I mean, to go down to Bournemouth and win one nil is just, you know, what dreams are made of for them, isn't it? So it's the magic of the FA Cup. Like, I, I just love the upsets. Having said all of that, <laughs> the one thing I will say is, though, it's a shame that there aren't, um, re- like, given yeah. that, given what happened with both Kidderminster and and Plymouth, it's like they were they were both denied either the opportunity to have a like a a big club at their home and then get whatever the TV revenue is for that, or to go and play at a Premier League football club. So that that is a bit that's a bit of a shame. Yeah, I agree. It's it's tough, isn't it? And it's like. Why did they do away with the replays? Was it just a case of they too many games? Is that was that sort of the reason I behind think it? So, and I don't know whether some of it might have been to do with COVID as well at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the magic of oh. the FA Cup. It, I, I would. It wouldn't it be brilliant this year to see us go on a run? You know, we say it every season on the pod. Like, wouldn't it be great? But like the FA Cup just is incredible. Um, but I'm sure I know going out in the semi final again. I just semi final Chelsea. An underrated goal from the semi final. Do you remember the um Ericsson assist for Delhi in the four two we lost? Yeah. Do you remember I I think that's the best pass I've ever seen from a Spurs player, that one. If you go and watch that, that that was unbelievable. Um That was that we, goal. That goal was like a carbon copy. Delhi just made that back post round Ericsson whipped it in goal. Like they must have scored four or five of them. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, um, any other business before I'll, I'll, I do the quiz, which I know is the real reason we're all here. Pape Mate Sa, our our player just won the Fcon, which is pretty good. Oh, I loved that last night. Yeah. I was really pleased because I really wanted them to win, particularly after they missed that penalty in the first minute or whatever it was. Um, yeah. I enjoyed seeing Mo Salah cry. I have to say, I know I'm not supposed yeah. to say things like that, but I thought that was quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Good to have a winner. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I, I I forget about him being out on because obviously we we've signed him and he's just gone straight out. We haven't obviously seen him at Spurs yet, but you know, like we were saying a minute ago, we're a little bit light in midfield. We have got him to come back next season, and you so you don't know what Conte's plans are for a player like that. But that's a young player that's clearly got some something mm. about him. He's got talent, got ability. You know, to go and win a major trophy is a great achievement. So uh, good on him. On any of the other business, can I also say, like, people need to leave Delhi alone? <laughs> what? What do you oh, mean? What? Yeah, he's been... Well, Glenn Hoddle banging it? on about yesterday, because he went on the pitch to sort of do a thing, and, and, and Glenn Hoddle was like, I don't know, said something about how he looks like he's been dragged in off the street rather than... And it's like, mm, smells a little bit racist to me, Glenn. Don't know what you're on about. It just... It also, it's very unnecessary, like... Yeah, he, he can dress how he wants. Like, yeah. what does it what does it matter? Yeah, and Frank Lampard said um, he's not going to look to handcuff the midfielder's personality after the outfit he wore was criticised. Yeah. 
they don't care what he wears as long as he as he performs on the pitch. Quite rightly, I don't know what um, Glenn Hoddle's all about. Hang on, let me see if I can find the actual. You could play. see it as well, Chris. I don't know if you watched Lampard's press conference about signing Delhi. You could see in his eyes how excited he is to have him, and like yeah. they're all sort of saying, you know, like you know, a player like him, similar position to you, like how excited you to work with him. And, and Lampard's interview, I thought, was brilliant. He was just sort of saying, look, there is a brilliant player there. We've just got to find a way of unleashing that that player exactly. again. Exactly. Anyway, I can't and find like, the quote, but Glenn Hodgson's the team of Tom Davis and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Like, if anything, he's just going amongst other fashionista friends, you know? I Just move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Weirdos. Exactly. Right. It's time for the quiz. I'm quite excited and for this. I've gone, I've gone quite serious for it, and I've got, you've got some tough players to choose from. And I'll be honest, a lot of the answers I haven't even decided myself yet because I've been going back and forth all day. Um, but this week it's Maldini or Ramos is the quiz name. So wow, you know, there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be some toughies. I've split it out into categories for you. So for anybody that um, has not had the pleasure of this amazing feature before, um, <laughs> I'm going to give you two players to choose from um, and you get it right if you agree with me. Um, and I might even change my mind, to be honest. Um, but I'll split it out into categories. So I've got goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, strikers and then a Spurs um, section for you. So we're going to start off between the sticks. Um, and the first one for you is Victor Valdez or Pepe Reina. ASD, I'll let you go first. Victor Valdez. Chris? I'm going to go Reina because I don't know enough about Victor Valdez and, and, and Pepe Reina like won loads of things in England. That's 1-0 to ASD. Oh, Victor Valdez. Um, mainly because of his unbelievable stint at the end of his career at Middlesbrough, which is one of the most bizarre moves that I've ever seen a player make. Um so that's one new ASD. Um, Petr Cech or Edwin van der Sar? Chris, that's you first. Um, as much as it pains me, I think Cech is a better goalkeeper than van der Sar by like, a considerable distance. Yeah, he did it for so long as well across different yeah. clubs, didn't he? Yeah. Yep, you both get the points there. Um, Petr Cech, incredible goalkeeper. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, Peter Schmeichel or David Seaman, ASD? Uh, God, that's hard. Do you know what? Do you know what I think would have been harder is Peter Schmeichel or Dida? Because in my head, they're very similar. Just big, scary goalkeepers you'll never get past. David Seaman. See, I think you might have gone David Seaman, but I'm going Schmeichel just because he was unbeatable. Although Seaman did that save in the FA Cup, didn't he? Where he's reaching behind him, pulled yeah. it off the line. That was unbelievable. But I'm going he's got lobbed by Ronaldinho and he's also David Seaman, so Peter Schmeichel for me. Um, you both get the points there. I nearly, oh. I nearly gave you a bonus point there for rationale, Chris, because it was pretty much bang on what mine was. Yeah. Um, but you both get the points. <laughs> I don't mind the bonus point because then that means I'll be drawing. But, you know. um, and the last one on the goalkeepers, Edison or Allison? Oh, that's a good one. Chris, that's you first on this one. I think Alisson, given what Liverpool have been doing more recently. I'm going Edison because of how good he is with his feet. Chris has levelled it. 
Oh, realm, no. Alison. So that is that's free, free. Um, after the goalkeeper <laughs> round, so that's, that's pretty tight. Right, we're going to move. Have on we scored on? Every, have we scored on every round up? Have we scored? I think we have, haven't we? Yeah, there hasn't been one where none of us got points. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. It's yeah. a thriller. It's a thriller already. This one. <laughs> yeah. Um, defenders. Um, as do this one's for you first. Uh, Gerard PK or Carl's Piol. Oh. That's really hard. Because yeah. you go, who you're, oh, PK just, it feels Beauty like he's there the for beast, longer. Beauty or the beast. I'm going Puyol because he, he was just an outstanding captain. He just seems like a good man. PK is obviously a great man as well, but that, that's, that's really difficult. I'm going Puyol. That's really hard. So yes, that is very hard, and I've been through it, and I was like, do I pick PK because I can't decide from footballing for footballing endeavours? Do I pick pick PK because of Shakira? That was one option, <laughs> but then I decided to fall on Puyol because I love his hair. You both get the points there. It's four four. Do you know that Puyol started off um, as a striker and then a goalkeeper? And centre back was like the last position that he ever attempted to play as a young brilliant. player. Oh, that and goes to show what a brilliant footballer he is, though, right? Yeah. Um, that's four four. Um, Chris, this next one's coming to you. Ricardo Carvalho or Pepe? Not the Arsenal Pepe. <laughs> yeah, the, the rumours <laughs> with Pepe. Um, Pepe, hands down, because I can't bear to choose Ricardo Carvalho. Ah, oh, see, I'm going Carvalho just because. Pepe I mean, he's probably a better. He's probably a better player, but I can't Pepe. choose Carvalho. Pepe's just a red card every game. Every Chris game. gets Chris gets the points. <laughs> Pepe there all day. Oh. I love I love a bit of shithousery, and Pepe's just an absolute king of it. Um, so that's oh. five for to Chris. Um, ASD coming to you next. Ferdinand or Vidic? Good one. That's a good one. Look at his face. Look <laughs> at his face. I'm going Ferdinand. Just, I'm going Ferdinand. Just did it for a little bit longer. Did it for a couple of years, then Ferdinand over a longer time period. That's hard. Chris? So, in, in terms of how I think of my, the way that I like, for, for, in terms of the, what I think of, myself in terms of how I like footballers if that even makes sense I know what I mean my, my senses aren't coming out right I should pick Ferdinand more cultured good on the ball brings it out of defense but there's just something about like a big Serbian who'll basically just knock your block off if you try and get past him in central defense so oh man I don't know did you say Ferdinand ASD I did I did so despite myself, because actually in terms of how I like to watch football being played, I would go Ferdinand. I think we're going to have to pull away from each other for a second. Um, and so I'm going to take the risk and go Vidic. I think you're going to get the points. That was a mistake. AST gets the points. Rio, oh. all day. Rio all day. Uh, that's I mean, Rio five, is a better five. player. Rio is a better player. Um, 
I was on the fence with that. I've, honestly, I've switched about three or four times today about what one's the correct answer, but it's Rio when it really matters. So that's 5-5. Five, five. Um, Chris, this one's coming to you first. Um, Philip Lahm or Danny Alves? Oh, Alves. Yeah, Alves is much more fun. Philip Lahm's fine, but he's a bit like, oh, yeah, OK, great, I'll do a good job. Whereas Danny Alves is going to create a bit of something. I'm, I'm just going to match it because I, 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 I love Lam, and I think if I was going to choose a babysitter, I'd choose Philip Lam. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to choose a fullback, I'll choose Alves. Yeah, you both get the points, Danny yeah. Alves. Um, so that's six six now as we go into the um, midfielders. I Ferdinand, I knew you. He's my. Why don't I go with my gut? Why am I trying to be tactical? Yeah. Damn it. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Right, um, ASD, this one's coming to you uh, for midfielders. Lampard or Gerrard? <laughs> Did not. I. Oh, no. Uh, We're going to have repeats. It's a quintessential uh, question. And it's different, I guess, because you're choosing him. I'm, who would you. I'm going Lampard. Chris? 100% Gerrard. I don't know, don't know what you're going to choose. Gerrard creates more, is more exciting. You know, didn't just get it because his dad was, you know, there and he just happened yeah. to work hard. No, Gerard, 100%. Um, ASD takes the points. Oh, 7 6 on. to ASD. Do you really think that's better on all, than of, on all of the ones that you've that you've got wrong, Chris, you've made such great points as well. <laughs> it's made it even harder to be like, no, you're wrong. Um, Do you really think Lampard's better than Gerard? Yeah, uh, the old debate wasn't it Skulls, Gerard, Lampard. For me, Skulls is the best Skulls. midfielder yeah. I've seen, and then then it's Lampard. Just the Lampard was such an effective footballer. I think he's one of the most effective footballers there's ever been. He just knew how to score goals. Um, the the like Chelsea's all-time top scorer is a midfielder. It's just remarkable. I love Stevie G as a player as well. It's you know it's not a case of not loving him, but. If I had to pick one of the two, it's Lampard every single day just for those goals. I had a really interesting conversation with a black cab driver once who's, I don't know, whose son was in the West Ham Academy or his mate worked there or something. Yeah. And basically the the thing there was, was that Lampard wasn't actually good enough to get through to the next round type thing. But because he was Frank Lampard Jr., they took him on. Uh, but because he understood that as well, he just worked really, really hard and honed his craft. Yeah. So it just goes to show that there is something in honing your craft as well as what your raw talent can deliver to you. Yeah, definitely. But not everyone gets that opportunity. So. Um, the next one, and Chris, this one's coming to you first, is Roy Keane or Patrick Vieira? Definitely did that one. I'm interested. Um, as much as it pains me, I think I think Vieira is a more a better all round player than Keane. Same, yeah. Keane's a bully as well, and I, I just yeah. dislike his way of doing things. I agree. I, I don't want to like big up Roy Keane. Uh, Roy Keane was the correct answer. Um, so neither of you get points there. So that's still seven six to ASD. I'm right with that though, to be fair. Um, um, ASD, this one's coming to you. Um, Yaya Torre or Iniesta? In what what is that question? <laughs> if you go yo, it's Iniesta. But if you go yo yo Torre, I'm leaving. Well, I'm not gonna leave. <laughs> no. <laughs> How can what is this question? Iniesta scored, won the World Cup final for Spain. He was the heart of the greatest team that's ever played the game. I, 
if you've chosen Yaya Torre, I'm, my opinion is he was going to be <laughs> Chris, what are you saying? Well, I agree it's Iniesta, but I do really like Yaya Torre. There was like a whole, um, I turned the TV over yesterday and there was like a whole Yaya Toure special on uh, on Sky Sports. And also, like, he's really good mates with Leon Mann and Leon's a really good guy. So uh, I like Yaya, but Iniesta's a better footballer. Correct, uh, you both get the points. <laughs> Iniesta there. Um, and the last one on the midfielder. So it's 8-7 to 8 at the minute. Last one on the midfielders. Um, and this one, I... I've changed my mind more than any other so far today. Um, Zidane or Xavi? Chris, that one's for you. For me, Zidane. I mean, Xavi's great, but I don't think he's incomparable with Zidane. Like, in terms of what Zidane can do with the football and winning the World Cup in the way that he did, getting sent off in the world. I mean, all of that stuff is just like an exceptional footballer. Really great story. 100% Zidane. And if I lose this, I'm just because of Frank Lampard, I'm not going to be happy anyway. When when you think of Zidane, you think of Prester boots, headbutts, just beautiful shirts. When I think of Javi, I think, yeah, next to Iniesta and all that, but also playing in empty stadiums in wherever he went to play in Saudi Arabia and just went for the money and he went and what he sold is he sold juice in the grounds or something like it part of the deal. I just Zidane could do it in any team. Xavi could do it in any team, but he, he was made better by people around him as well. Uh, it's got to be Zidane. I'm surprised that you went back and forth on this, Jack, to be fair. I've gone back and forth on it so much today. And one that I've currently got highlighted as the correct answer is Xavi. So neither of you get the points there. He is one of my favourite ever players. Honestly, I think he's incredible. The heartbeat of the greatest club side ever. Um I also, but having said that now, Jack, I think that all your credibility is shot. And I so, already was Chris. I'm not, I'm not taking this, this quiz. People and so, that. you know, and so frankly, Lampard beating Gerard is like the least of our worries, really. <laughs> right, we're going to go on to strikers. We're nearly finished. I mean, most people probably switched off by now. Um, <laughs> now, now, Harry Kane or... Um, Gregor's, yeah. Harry Kane or Gregor's Resnick. <laughs> um, first one in the strikers is uh, David Villa or Benzema. And is it, AFC, is it me? Yeah, I'm going David Villa. I love David Villa. Just a beautiful man for a start, and you know I love a beautiful man. But just, just it reminds me a bit of um, Kaká. Just beautiful touch, beautiful way of playing the game. Scored some incredible goals, David Villa. 100% David Villa for me, apart from anything else, because um, Benzema sent lewd text messages to an underage girl so he can piss off and not be on any list. Sorry, Jack, I don't mean to. That's not about you. You're like, you weren't to know that. But no, not Benzema. David Villa. David Villa is the correct answer. Um, so that That's is famous. 9 8 to AFC. That's a decent footballing team of people who've done that. You've got Overmars now, oh, no. Sigurdsson, Benzema. Shouldn't joke about it, but no, I mean there's lo- there's literally loads of them, but that's just like another thing that we need to fix anyway. Uh, Chris, next one for you is Ibrahimovic or Drogba. Um, I think as much as it pains me, it's got to be Drogba. He's like he's he's um, he's probably one more. I think that he. Is more. I think he's weirdly he's more versatile. 
I think I think the thing is is that Ibrahimovic can do an incredible thing as a one-off, but in terms of his all-round play, I think Drogba beats him. Drogba's also one of my favourite players. He, I mean, he set stopped to civil war, didn't he, by bringing the leaders together, and he's just an incredible man. And some of the goals he scored were incredible. But he had dry patches. He left. And Ibra went on that crazy run where he won the league for like five years in a row at three different clubs. And he's still going, smashing it to yeah. and Ibra. Uh, and his also probably is amazing. Drogba was the correct answer. So yeah. Chris, has, Chris has levelled it at nine all. Um, we've got one more in the in the strikers or attackers round. Um, ASD, this one's for you. Ronaldinho or Henri? That's good. I mean, I'm going Ronaldinho because of, I love football, and I've got I've heard some stories about uh, Henri from my mate who works at the BBC, um, which absolutely disgusting. So uh, I'm not 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 bad bad. He's just he's just a bit of a player. <laughs> just oh, never mind. Uh, Ronaldinho, Chris. Um, I don't know what ASD's stories are. Um, but I think in terms of again, if you think at, about Henri's all-round game and his ability to beat players, finish, you know, and not, you know, and I, I like Ronaldinho, but it's like a bit of a dribble. Then again, he did lob Seaman and Henri's a, an Arsenal player, and I don't want to mess it up at the end, so I'm going to go Ronaldinho as well. I don't care if I don't get the points. Um, <sighs> smart move, because um, Ronaldinho is the correct answer. Yes! Oh, it was going to be another really valid point to then not get the points. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're locked at 10-10 now, and we're going to go into the final round, which is the Spurs round. Um, so, uh, Chris, <laughs> this one comes to you first. Yep. So, Spurs comparisons are Michael Dawson yeah. or Eric Dyer. Oh gosh, what well, you're gonna say, Dawson? But I think it's Dyer. Oh, by the way, for free on the evening, and this is for everybody to get in touch with me. I haven't put out the stuff on social yet. If you're free on the 24th of February in the evening, um. Talking Tottenham with Michael Dawson, hosted by the Proud Lily Whites. Dawes is coming along, 45 minutes, have a little bit of a chat, answer okay. some questions. So um, I, I'll send you the link. And if anyone wants to get in touch with, is it at underscore Echoes of Glory, we can yeah, send yeah. you the link from that as well. Um, and you can submit your questions to us, to me, and uh, and we'll try and get them asked. And if you do, if one of your, if your question gets selected, you can ask it to the man himself. Now, so, do I go with the fact that if we, even when we say Maldini or Dyer, I'll pick Dyer, and now you're saying <laughs> Dawson or Dyer. But do you know what? I have to stick with my heart on this is my heart now, um, because I think I know that Jack's going to say Dawson, but I'm going to say Eric Dyer. I can't say, I can't not. ASD? Well, as soon as you said Dawson, I was like, I can't pick anyone else other than Dawson apart from King. Like, that, that, that's the only option, but... I think you would actually say Dyer. So what, are you, Dyer. what are you going to say? So you're both going Dyer. Yeah. Um, you're both wrong. Dawson is the correct answer. <laughs> 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 that is interesting. Um, okay, next next one. ASD, this one's coming to you first. Teddy Sheringham or Robbie Keane? Robbie Keane. Chris? 
I think I think Keane's more of a rounded player, so and didn't go to Manchester United and say, I want to go and win things somewhere else. You both get the points there, Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane is always the correct answer to any question. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's, always. That's, that's me just knowing Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that, but you're right. <laughs> um, Chris, this one is for you, which is um, Gareth Bale or Son? I think I'd go Son, you know. Although those are oh, although all those games that Gareth Bale like picked us out of this was exactly what I was doing earlier. Was the AV, that AV, those AVB games where we were nothing, and then he'd pick up the ball like literally like parallel to where I sat and just curl it around the keeper. What can you describe your criteria for picking them again, please, Jack? Um, Midas, whatever I, whatever I want. To, basically. Yeah, so, exactly no as logic. you conceived the game, ASD. I think there's no, there's no logic. Um, son, like his smile. That's my kind of logic. Because Bale, Bale had much higher peaks, and uh, he's also taken Wales to to the Euros, which which is lovely to see. Um, ASD gets the points, Gareth Bale there. Damn it! It was just, basically, the rationale that you gave Chris for Bale was why I picked him. I just disagree as well. I disagree. Um, Last one on the Spurs round. um, (gasps) Hoiberg or Parker? ASD, that's for you. um, Parker. Chris? Um, I'm probably going to lose, but um, I think Hoybier, again, is more of an all-round player. He's going to do it for longer. He's more mobile, can can create, actually. I was watching, I'll tell you what, that little dink he did more recently to create a goal. I was watching the that Man United game we scored 6-1. That lovely through yeah. ball to Aurier, that was from Hoybier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so Hoybier, Hoybier, Hoybier. Uh, Scott Parker is the correct answer. So that's that's thirteen eleven to ASD. There's one there's one question to go, which is the final question, um, which doesn't affect the scores now, but it is Maldini or Ramos. And Chris, you can have the the pleasure of answering that one first. Maldini. I was going to go Ramos. Ramos is the correct answer. No, it's not. Absolutely not. <laughs> It's not. Ramos, Ramos is the correct not. answer. Ramos is Ramos for me is the greatest centre back of all time. Better three in a row. Rodan. That's three better in a row. Better than Rodan. There we go. Um, I think the baton comes back over to you, ASD, next week. So, uh, yeah. Good luck trying to top that. That's, that's the quiz of the year, that really. So, well, do I just steal half of my questions from round two again, or should I do a new one? Raise them the other way round. So. Ramos or Maldini. Oh, there we go. Um, brilliant. Um, yeah, and anything else before we finish? Let's get six points this week, eh? Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That's a great way to... Who uh, the um, Spurs women got? I think it is Birmingham. Is it Birmingham? Yes, Birmingham away at exactly the same time as we're playing Wolves, which is annoying. But I might be able to... I might be able to stream it on my phone, thankfully, because of the Wi-Fi in the stadium. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, um, look, pleasure as always speaking to both of you. Big week ahead. Fingers crossed for six points. And whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. 
I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.